Hello and welcome to episode nine of the All Things Strongman podcast. Last episode, we had the wonderful Erin Murray on, um, obviously world's strongest woman at under 82 kilos. Uh, if you've not listened to that episode, get along to Spotify, get along to YouTube. It'll be on there right now and catch up. But don't click away too fast because we have an absolutely wonderful guest on today's podcast. It is a guy that's been a real up-and-comer for me. He's one of the guys to really watch ahead in to 2024 last year he went he absolutely burst onto the scene at the Arnold uh, Strongman Classic finishing fifth went along to the strongest man on earth finished sixth ahead of a bunch of guys that I'm sure you've heard a lot more of but this guy will be up there with those guys once again as he goes to probably to better his performance at the Arnold Strongman Classic in 2024 but it is of course the wonderful Thomas Evans how are you doing pal? I'm good, man. How are you? I appreciate you having me on the show. No, thank you for coming on and taking a bit of time out of your day and your busy schedule. As I'm sure you've got a hectic schedule between yourself, uh, between your work life and obviously then, as I mentioned, there preparing for the 2024 Arnold Strongman Classic. How's preparations going for that show? Preparations going well. I've um, spent a tremendous amount of time working on some of my weaknesses, so I feel a little bit better about them. I know this is going to be a incredible deadlifting show so we've spent a lot of time working on deadlift and uh trying to make sure we're up to par to hang out with some of these guys yeah we'll dive straight into that talk around the strongman classic which is just a, a couple of weeks away now as as we're recording this how are you feeling going into that show how's the body feeling and especially how are you feeling about the events that are coming up you mentioned there about about the deadlift yeah so i um i'm more confident than i was last year uh, given the events just because a lot of the events last year was hey, like, hey, the, the timber carry feels like this. The elephant bar feels like this. And I'm like, well, I've never touched these implements, so I'm not going to really know what I'm getting into uh, completely. Yeah. But after having an understanding and picking up the timber carry, not getting very far, but picking it up, uh, picking up the elephant bar, having a better understanding of those, um, I'm kicking myself at the moment for not having an opportunity to pick up the Denny Stones prior um, but we'll we'll figure it out as we go there. Uh, training has progressed really well for that, um, as well as the palms wheels. I've done a lot of axle. Um, when I was going through the ranks, like where circus dumbbells were popular for the amateur level open class, now it was I feel like it was axle kind of when I was progressing through the ranks. So I haven't done a lot of completely fixed axle before, but I've uh, simulated the best in training as possible. So you know, feeling confident, we'll just kind of send it and see what happens. Yeah, I feel like that's some, something people don't really acknowledge or appreciate is you guys don't have the exact kit all the time. You've got to try and, as you say, replicate it as best you can in your training and when you're doing your preparation. Is it tough, especially, and you mentioned there the Dinny Stones, it's it's really hard to probably replicate how those are go, going to feel and the unevenness of the stones. How have you tried to sort of prepare for that event? Well, luckily, Rogue sells a Denny Stone replica, so you can play load those. I believe the handles are pretty much the exact same specifications. What I'm unsure of is that how the diameter of the rock versus the plate mm-hmm. will kind of change how far the hand is away. From what I can tell, it looks similar to, you know, with like at least the side that's going up against your leg opposed to like the circumference of the 
calibrated plates I've been using, but just little things like that. I try to be really in tune to those kind of details and at least look at it, watch film on other guys doing it, see what tips I can pick up. And, you know, so when I approach this given implement, knowing I don't really have time to play around with it, um, any little details we can pick up will be beneficial. You mentioned uh, it's going to be a massive deadlifting show. Uh, last year, I believe it was 388 kilos. Uh, that that you lifted. Sorry to put it into kilos. That's best how I work it in my brain. Uh, are you looking for a big improvement? How's training gone on that? Is where where are you at with your deadlifting? Uh, deadlift has gone up. I I plan to hit over four hundred kilos. Um, if not, uh, maybe uh, I'm trying to even calculate this into kilos. So something above that. I don't, I don't know if we're quite at the uh, four twenty five mark, but somewhere in that range. I've uh, modified my stance a little bit. Try to really work on the lockout piece, passing the knees. Um, I've always joked around that you know we do a lot of partial deadlifts, but the partial's always at the top. I wish we do a deadlift comp where it's just get it off the floor. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So. Yeah. Uh, we've been working on it. Uh, I feel confident. I mean, I'm not expecting to hit a thousand pounds yet, but we're definitely making strides towards that. Is that a goal in in your future? A thousand pounds? I think so. I think that's capable. It's it's probably not the show, but you know, a couple more shows, maybe a little bit different. If I um, find myself in a suited show or a you know briefs or something. Um, I actually have like very little experience with deadlifting in a suit. So that doesn't hurt me as much as maybe does some of the other guys who pull with suits all the time. I've done one regional comp in a suit and I hated it and I did worse. So uh, I'm kind of in favor of the no suit deadlifts. Selfishly. Yeah. yeah, You see guys like, uh, not to call him out too much, but Alexei Novikov. It seems like a different beast when he puts that suit on when it comes to deadlifting. Um, I think there's a video recently been pull, pulling quite a, a large amount of weight, obviously. But I think he was not in a suit for that one. So I think he has been working on it. Yes. Yeah, so as been... we all have. Oh, yeah. They're, they were very transparent with it. There was no, like, right, is it briefs, is it suits? It's, it's no nothing. So everybody's going to have the, you know, the training field in the same mindset. So, yeah. You look at the lineup for this show as well. Obviously, you've got the returning guys of obviously Thor after a number of years out of, out of the sport, Martins Lissis coming back after his year hiatus, and the guys already in there, like obviously Mitchell Hooper's the reigning champion at the Arnold. You've got the threat of Tom Stoltman, who just seems to be looking better and better. How excited are you to be in and around this field of athletes and be mixing it up with these guys? That's. It's truly humbling and, and a, a big honor. I mean, when they're announcing that it's the biggest lineup they've ever had, and I'm, I like, I don't even know if I should be on this list, but I'm honored to be a part of it. But you know, it's you know, thinking about where it was last year, um, and just knowing I had to kind of go all out to, and I, not knowing how the events were going to go because the same kind of thing. There were so many things I didn't have a chance to put my hands on beforehand. Um, like some of these guys have, and um, you know, just kind of, it's really cool to be considered at least a little bit among that group. Um, man, we'll kind of 
you know, we'll see, we'll see how it plays. I think I, I think I can get them in some of the events. Some of the events I know I'm not going to be shooting for that top three in that event, but uh, I try to be as consistent as possible. Uh, I know like Hooper's game strategy with a, a lot of events, he's like, he wants to finish a top three in every event. Yeah. And what I told myself at the last Arnold was don't finish last in any event. So now we're, now we're going to be shooting for five or six in every event and see where that ends up. Well, yeah, obviously last year you finished fifth overall in your debut at the at the Arnold Pro Show. Um, as a probably a bit of an unknown to a lot of people coming into that show, I hope you don't mind me saying. Um, no, not at all. So coming into that show, did you feel like you had a more pressure to prove yourself or less pressure because people were almost writing you off maybe a little bit? Well, at that I nobody will put more pressure on me than I put on myself. And I knew going into that show, I had two shows that year, guaranteed. It was the the Shaw Classic and uh, the Arnold Strowman Classic. And I was like, I have to do well enough in one of these to get invited back. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't even thinking about placing in preparation. It was like not zeroing, like finishing the events. Um, just kind of proving I belong and then, you know, knowing I'm, like I said, the, for example, the wheel of pain, the, the guys that have touched that before have a tremendous advantage. And, um, and I remember last show or last year, it wasn't the rookie goes first. I literally just happened to draw one out of a hat. So I didn't have a chance to watch anybody live do it. So it was, um, you know, I was just happy to kind of get my feet wet with that one. And, yeah. Um, I'm kind of approaching this year the same way. You know, if I can get some major PRs and we kind of sell out in all the events and I don't leave anything on the table, whatever kind of happens with the placing will happen. Well, yeah, you, you definitely earned a re-invite to this year, I would say, off, off last year's performance. Obviously, as we've mentioned, they're finishing fifth. Beating a, quite a few top guys. I looked through the list. You beat both Stoltmans, which I don't think is an easy feat especially in your debut at that show. How did it feel sort of looking at that table and seeing, especially Tom especially below Tom. you? Um, shoot, I, I didn't I didn't want to get a, a bad with focusing on placing and who I beat. It's kind of the, nice man. okay, what could I have done to shoot for that podium? Because for I think for last show, if I finished that timber, uh, timber frame, I get a lot of closer to the podium. So I kind of evaluated from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, and Tom's a tremendous athlete and, you know, I probably got really lucky with the stone toss and I really hope that we bring that back. I don't think we're ever going to, but I need all the fans to agree on that. That's one of the best events ever. We should have it at every show, but nobody seems to be jumping on the train. With me. Uh, <laughs> don't think so. I don't think you're going to get many. Toss, stone toss and max squat. That's what we want. Um, that's what you want. <laughs> Yeah, so you can imagine you do very well on on a max squat event. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really hoping uh, we would land that this year, and it didn't happen. But um, you know, maybe someday, we'll, or maybe I'll get to get to do a squatting event. Um, but we'll, uh, like I said, we'll just prepare the best we can for the given events. You got some experience. I know what that timber feels like. Um, know what the elephant bar feels like. Kind of know what the ivory stones feel like that we'll be using in the stone medley, not the tombstone, but we spent a lot of time watching Matej 
shoulder that thing like it's nothing on film and seeing how he picks it up and try to try to pick up many details that you can. Yeah. I suppose that's uh one way to do it is watch somebody else try and do it and pick up tips as as you go along. Um sort of rounded out a bit of chat about last year. Earning your way to that pro show, obviously with the twenty twenty one open victory that you had. How did you feel earning that invite to that pro show going into that 2022 comp? Was that your goal? Was that your main target for that year? So, well, I think, um, wasn't it the 22 open? 22 open. 23. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, 22 open. Oh, it's all good. I, I get the years mixed up too. Yeah. So, I, when we were looking at the, the events, and that was actually my first Arnold amateur. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I knew it was going to be a big show, like Strongman Corp Nationals. There's going to be a lot of competitors. I didn't know what the international presence was going to look like that year. Um, I think that was the it was the not the COVID year, but the year following. So there was a good bit of travel restrictions. So I'm sure that that hurt competitors. Like it was very American heavy that year, from what I remember. Um, but I knew if I could get to the final. Um, I've had a chance to at least make some noise. My goal was to make it to the final. My goal was not to win. Yeah. Um, and then the the final had a squat for reps, which I, I tied first, and then a stone, a max stone load, which a bunch of us tied first, finished with a four seventy. Um, and that was like, and I won by like half a point. So I had a half a point going into the final. Then we all kind of tied across to maintain that. Um, at that point, I was like, oh, shit. We've gotten ourselves in a pickle. <laughs> this is what I made as a joke. And uh, I was like, strongman suddenly uh, is not a hobby anymore. No. no, suddenly you've got to take it a little bit more seriously, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like I would always train very serious, but I went and got a coach. I was doing all my own coaching at that point. Um, you know, I started communicating with more people, getting some, um, like tips and tricks. And I started spending a lot more of my personal income on equipment to make sure that I'm replicating these things as good as I can. Cause I was like, all right, next year is the next year is the real deal. Um, then something that's kind of similar happened with the shawl open. Yeah. Um, like I was, I was going at that point, expectations were up because I won the Arnold Amateur. I knew it was a very stacked field, a um, lot of heavy Canadian presence there, and I had two really good events. The stones didn't go well for me, but there were some errors in the way the points worked out. I think I won that one by half a point, too. So it's like it is so tight in that open category, yeah. and I think something that some people miss is that the open category, I feel like the stakes are higher because if you're, if you're first, you get the invite to the show. If you're second or third, you get nothing. Um, except the you know the opportunity to try it again. Yeah, yeah. It's, Aside uh, from OFG, which that one I messed up royally, but also uh, many good competitors, very stacked field. Those guys earned it. I was doing events that OSG in 2022 was the first time I've ever done circus dumbbell in competition. Oh wow! Um, so that kind of like it's the way the events fall and. Yeah. I made a couple execution errors, but I give tremendous credit to uh, it was Remick, Jocko, and Rag. Yeah. 
tremendous credit to those guys. They absolutely dominated the whole weekend. So it's like it's so tight at that level. And it's just who, who's going to be who's going to get the events right? Who's going to execute perfectly to kind of squeak through and get to the next level? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it I can definitely bang the drum like you are doing for that open category. The amount of talent that you see in those competitions, especially OSG. I mean, this year was, again, a great competition in the, that open men's category. Uh, congrats to Marcus Crowder, who took, who took that title. Um, and obviously those guys then, the top three, get an invite to a Giants Live competition. I know a Giants Live competition isn't something you've managed to get across the pond and obviously do yet. Um, is that crossed, so, I mean, I'm going to say, is that something uh, you want to do? Yes, yes, it is. I think um, there, there was one competition that was a possibility for me, and then ended up not working out just for whatever reason. Um, you know, understandable, but you know, I'd love to come to the UK and compete. Um, just just ha- hasn't hasn't ironed out yet for whatever reason. Um, but I'm I also like to space out my competitions a little bit more. So part of it is on me. Like I. Some of the guys that are able to compete and then two weeks compete again, I don't know. I don't know how I would be able to do that at, the, at this point. No, um, crazy schedule sometimes with these guys. I mean, we spoke uh, uh, just before we came uh, started recording about the SAL competitions, and I know uh, came Francis, obviously the uh, English athlete. I think he did like seven weeks in a row at all SAL competitions. Which is crazy to think yeah. about. Obviously, tra- traveling as well. He's got a day day to day job as well. Crazy. I um I have not found the closest shows I've ever done was America's Strongest in twenty one. Then three weeks later was nationals, and I think, and that was tough. Yeah, uh, that was tough, but. Yeah, I give credit to those guys. Maybe maybe if I presented the opportunity and I feel healthy. Um, but I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be able to uh, hold it back on this show so I can focus on this show. I'd rather just space out the shows appropriately if I can, if it's within my powers to do so. Yeah, I suppose the spacing out as well uh, maybe dictates from your actual career outside of Strongman. Um, you are, correct me if I if I get this title wrong, you're the lead strength, okay. strength coordinator of lacrosse at Delaware University. Uh, yes, so Nailed that. Uh, strength and conditioning coach there. I assist with football, yep. heads of men's, women's lacrosse. Um, so I spend pretty much all hours in the weight room. Yeah. Uh, whether uh, it's training myself or training my athletes. A lifetime in the gym. It's cl- clearly, yeah. you really enjoy it. Yeah. How, 100%. How, how did you sort of come into that um, kind of job and how did you start training to be a strength uh, conditioner? Yeah, so I... Both of them kind of started at the same time when I I had aspirations of playing in professional American football. Um, when those things didn't work out, I always knew I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and then when, like, as I was studying for that, I started competing in Strongman I, I, right after, actually, the movie Born Strong came out. Um, was right after I was released from the Green Bay Packers. Um, so I was like, Hey, this is something I could do. And then I kind of started dabbling in it. And as I was learning and becoming a strength and conditioning coach, I was also working on 
you know, a lot of strength and conditioning coaches train for different strength sports or Olympic weightlifting, what have you. Um, Cause there is usually a lot of, there's morning work where everybody's in class, things are kind of calm down a little bit. And then there's a lot of evening work. So um, that does leave a little bit of time depending on, you know, your, your university where you're at and kind of your position. So I've been really fortunate to kind of progress both of those things independently, but um, they've kind of lined up at the same time. Yeah, I suppose it, it it can work very hand in hand almost with the job that you're doing, and obviously the the outside career hobby that's turned into a career side of things yeah. with with your strongman obviously uh, going so well. The time where you obviously you mentioned there about your aspirations to being a professional football player, and I'm sure that was kind of a a lifetime aspirations from when you were very young, obviously all the way through college. Um, I believe it was the uh, University of Richmond that you you attended. Correct. Yep. Uh, played there from 2012 to 2016. Yeah. See, do me research. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll prepare for this. And um, kind of when you were leaving the Green Bay Packers, then obviously you you, you don't quite make that 53 man roster. You get kind of cut uh, late on in that training camp. Where were you at, sort of? mentally because obviously it's kind of one door closes what's next sort of thing and yep. and a lot of people sometimes go through that especially when leaving a, a sport career and obviously mm-hmm. that you had aspirations to do where was your thought process yeah. at that at that point uh, I mean I, w- I was absolutely devastated um, for a very considerable amount of time it's something that because I, w- I was kind of on the fence I thought there were potential opportunities for me to kind of, if somebody leaves, I may get a chance to go back or somebody gets hurt. Um, so I would literally sit there by the phone, like waiting. Yeah. And anytime somebody like anyone in the league, uh, I would watch all the, uh, I forget what they call it. It's like roster, like roster management pages. Yeah. You can see it, uh, player transactions. Yeah. Um, so I would just watch those things and I couldn't understand why I never got really a call um, and I was very distraught, very angry about it to the point. I don't think until about two years ago, I started watching NFL games again. Wow. I, I like, I can't, I, and sometimes I still struggle with turning on the TV. If I see, um, a lineman, somebody playing my position, maybe not particularly the way that I would play it. Yeah, or with the I was a very aggressive. I could hear my wife laughing in the other room. Um, <laughs> that was the nicest way I could have said that. Um, I know exactly what you mean. Don't worry. <laughs> I I played American football very aggressively, and like it's it was my intent to remove the other individual I was going to go against from the game. Um, so maybe it was better than play NFL because you see them they're all buddy buddies after the game. That was. <laughs> That would not have worked for me. However, when I got in a strongman, now I kind of see that side of it where you have such a level of respect for these other competitors. Because there's, in other sports, and maybe not all the sports, but sports I've seen, like talent can kind of get you pretty dang far. Yeah. I feel like in strongman, talent may allow you to rise the ranks quicker, but everybody's sacrificing so much to be there. The level of respect is way too high. Um, at least for me personally. Again, I was a very angry football player. Um, 
sometimes an angry strong man, but not usually. I tend to be better if it's just in myself. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Um, Obviously, going from football to strongman, it's uh, that team environment to a very individual sport at times. Uh, and I suppose you almost get that camaraderie from the other competitors that you're in and around but most of the time. So you, I think that's maybe where the nicey-nicey stuff around Strongman comes in, maybe a little bit. It's being able to be in around people that you almost relate to, that you know have given up a lot of the same sacrifices that you've had to. And you, it, it's that relatability, I'm, I'm sure. 100%. And it's like... It, it the amount the amount of time is just so great that I feel that it has to go into it, and it's it, there's it's whole body pictures. You're worried about your nutrition. You're worried about your sleep. You're worried about like everything you do has to line up in order for you to perform well at these shows. Um, for your body to be able to produce the amount of force or power needed to get the objective done. So it's. Um, yeah, it's a really special thing. Yeah, we we mentioned a little bit around the obviously the squat. Obviously, you will have done a lot of squatting in your uh, football days. Uh, a lot of sort of probably bench press as well, which probably met gave you a leg up on the standing bench press at the uh, Shaw Classic. I believe you finished second on that event. Um, yes, probably um, a little bit of yeah, cross over there. I guess so. Um, I have tried to apply things from football to strongman training. Not all of it's applicable, though. Um, so when I was in college, I, I back squatted 690, and I actually got capped. Like, I wasn't allowed to go any heavier. Wow. Um, unfortunate, but because I hit it pretty dang quick. Like, I wasn't allowed to do 700. Um, probably had 725, at least, in the tank on that given day. Um, I benched 525 in college. This was not, but not powerlifting standards by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. It's good balance, good, like, you know, college weight room bench press. Yeah. Um, and then did a Olympic style full clean, no jerk, but at 425. Nice. Um, obviously, all these numbers are in pounds. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I hope everybody, um, everybody uh, realized that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'd be doing the wrong sport if I had those numbers. Yeah, yeah um, there's, there's one but, guy sat at home hearing those numbers, just absolutely mind blown. I'm sure. But they, uh, so I, I've, and then I, we never deadlifted. So it took when the first day I'm like, I'm doing strongman training today and not football training. It was a deadlift workout, and it was like I tried to basically do an Olympic style pull of everything. So I had to like teach my body how to grind through lifts because I also hit everything, especially then I'm getting a little better at it now, either fast or I don't hit it. Right. Um, and that's not a good thing on deadlifts. <laughs> you gotta be able to hit them slow and controlled, but we've spent a lot of time working on that kind of changing my mindset or my framework on being able to grind through a couple reps, but still even like I know on a deadlift for reps, when my last rep is for the most part, because once it goes slow, I, I'm probably only going to get one. Yeah. Um, given that kind of background with it. Yeah. It, I suppose there's probably some bad habits uh, almost carried over from that sort of trip. How, how long has it sort of taken to get rid of some of those and 
obviously you've had a lifetime of lifting things in a certain way. You, you've almost tuned your body to lift it that way. Changing those kind of tendencies and the, those uh, motions, is it taking a little bit of time to adjust? Oh, yes. I mean, but like my first deadlift max that I did in a phase after uh, football, I hit 675 which is probably pretty pretty good first start. But if you look at – considering that was less than my squat, yeah. you know, like that doesn't exactly add up. It took me – quickly I progressed kind of that 750, 800 mark with ugly 800s. And then I was stuck at 800 for like three years. It felt like two, two three years. Not until the last Arnold was when I was the, – the opening deadlift at the Arnold last year – was actually a PR for me. It was 806. Wow. Um so we it took a lot a lot of time. And so 850 was a 50 pound PR. Anything I hit over that would be now I've pulled a lot of weight, but now I've done the Tower of Power. Uh I'm retired. So like it's like what what do you compare it to? But um it's uh like that was you know potentially I wasn't even gonna be able to hit the opening weight at the yeah. Arnold last year. <laughs> Um, but we spent a tremendous amount of time working through that. Um, I still try to use some of the like explosive snappiness really like on my overhead movements and cleans. I think um, I have probably one of the better log cleans. Um, I would think I, some of these guys, matter granted, they, they seem to have an easier time pressing it than I do, but I feel like I can get the clean. Like I don't spend a lot of energy on the clean and I don't, to me, it's a that's more of a football drill than anything. Snapping the hips, allowing yeah. the momentum of the log to roll up. Um, but I like, but also things that you would think translate wouldn't necessarily translate. Like for example, I had a lot of people talking about like the wheel of pain should be a football drill. Well, there's no football play in the world that lasts one minute. No, <laughs> all about seven seconds. I was like, yeah, if you want to see how far I can push it in seven seconds, I feel pretty good about that, but not. <laughs> Not a minute. So I, I found in training for that, my cap, I could push really freaking hard for about 30 to 40, and I built that out to 45 seconds. And it's kind of common for me for a lot of rep events. I can push really hard and fast for about 45 seconds, and I kind of hit my wall. Um, and we're still working to increase that to a longer time frame where I can like, start be able to push for a full minute. Oh, well, yeah, hopefully that sort of I suppose comes with more experience in, in comps. I mean, I'd probably still say that you're quite in the infancy of your strongman career, obviously. Um, probably what yeah, maybe what four or five years into that sort of journey. Yep. So April 19th was my first competition. So right. that would be five years this April. Yeah. And then I started training like a summer in four. So you call it four and a half years. Yeah. So it's still <laughs> A very very early in your career and obviously you've had that meteoric rise um over the last couple of years and to kind of show that you you can hang in that upper echelon of of strongman and then with these guys that are making finals podiuming at these massive shows you you in and around it so I'm sure that's sort of that gas tank will almost increase as you do more and more events mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure you're hoping for as well. Sure. But yeah, um, if if you told that guy that decided to transition to strongman then in 
sort of mid-2018, that he'd be the world's strongest man in 2023. What would you say to him? I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I wouldn't believe Ali. I wouldn't even know where to start. I, uh, like in my first competition, I came in three out of five. Yeah. Uh, now I found out later that that competition was pretty stacked with uh, some guys that were doing really well in American Nationals, and I was thinking Delaware strongest. Well, then there shouldn't be anybody here. This should be pretty easy. Well, I was, I, I was wrong. <laughs> wrong. Um, and I was just kind of. Yeah, it's, it's very surreal. In the beginning of this journey, I, I'm i not much of a goal setter long term. I just kind of think about the next thing and like, okay, what's the next step from there? Like, I don't have a like five-year goal, 10-year 10 10 year goal because I'm just like, all right, here's my next thing, push to that, and then kind of see where we're at. And like, I could, really, it was the moment where I was like, all right, everything kind of changed was the, winning the Arnold Amateur in 2022. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Interesting to see that that's just like four years between starting and winning the Arnold Am- Amateurs. That's an incredible rise to that. Um, but yeah, that for that, how did you feel getting the invite to be a reserve at, at World Strongest Man in twenty twenty three? Obviously, you you were announced alongside Kane Francis as the initial two reserves for that yep. show. What? You you get that call. What's what's the initial reaction? Oh, I I was I was humbled and happy. There was um, I know some people speculate that I deserved an invite right off the bat. Well, like all the invites went out before the Arnold, so yeah. there was no I did nothing to earn that spot. You know, I did I didn't perform. I mean, I don't know if eight out of fifty six is bad at OSG, but I didn't perform up to the standard that people yeah. thought I was going to. Um. You know, and obviously, OSG events kind of match up more with what World's events were. So, you know, I was, I was like, okay, we did a good enough job at the Arnold, and it was I'm like, all right, now I'm gonna hopefully have a second chance or an additional th- third chance that year because I was thinking I only had two. I was thinking I only had Arnold and Shaw. Yeah. I'm just kind of keep getting invited back. Yeah. Oh. Um then I think I found out on the Saturday before I was supposed to report that I was in. And you know, I think for me, I I trained every moment. Really, I actually started training world's events after the Arnold, even before I got the call to be a reserve. Yeah. Um just because I had a I had hope that. It was a long time for the Shaw, so I didn't necessarily need to start training Shaw events right away. Yeah. It was a good chance to train some events I haven't done in a while. Um, and there was I, – I I had hope. I'm like, they haven't released the reserves yet. So there was hope for the reserve, and it worked out. And then I'm like, okay, like, I feel like somebody – at least one person pulls out every single year. So we might as well be ready to go. Um, yeah, it worked out. Um, I got the call Saturday before, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have changed anything in my training. I don't think I held anything back. Um, so I felt like I was prepared as I could have been for that first world's experience. Yeah. It's a, a little bit of a different sort of day. I've speaking to a few people that have, have been there. It's obviously a very, very long day. Um, every day that you compete and you're a lot of waiting around. How, how, how did you manage? And obviously the, the intense heat, 
which I think some people have commented on. How did you sort? How did you sort of handle it uh, on the day and actually going through those uh, that comp? Well, I think it reminded me of nationals and on a amateur when there's forty people, it's thirty guys. Now, yeah. granted, it's a little bit slower with the TV, but I guess since I was only doing those open classes one year ago, I was like, all right, this is this feels similar to the tempo of that. Um, I grew up, like Myrtle Beach was our local beach when I was growing up. Now it's six hours inland. Yeah. But, so I kind of knew what was coming with the heat. Um, I don't particularly like the hot weather, but that wasn't terrible um, in terms of how bad Myrtle Beach can get. Um, And a lot of, so that's where football training kind of pays off. Like I, I've played football games in 100 degree weather. I kind of know how to prepare my body to do something like that. Um, and uh, the ability to restart and rewarm up is important. And I think, um, you know, if I could change anything, it would have been trying to get a better night of sleep after the log went so well, and then, you know, having the really bad slip up with the Conan's wheel, um, which happens. I don't love better night of sleep or anything I could have done would have changed how that went. But um, something I'll be more into this year will be that transition between the two days. I think that's the hardest, that's the hardest part for me. I can go one day real long. It's kind of how my work schedule goes sometimes 6am yeah. to 6pm. So I'm kind of used to that, but it's, I gotta be able to turn it off, relax, and then get ready for the next day and do it again. Yeah, you mentioned that Conan's wheel. Really the only sort of slip up in sort of your your group performance. Yep. What sort? Yeah. Do you have a reason for what happened there or a little bit of an explanation? Um, well, I placed the Kern's wheel in too high on my diaphragm. I took two steps and the whole room spun. That'll do it. And <laughs> yep. And then I fell and then I just fell over. Like yeah. I don't want to say like I passed out. Like I, I was fully conscious, but like I couldn't like you know, it was yeah. like it's like you just drank way too much beer and you stood up really fast. Is what it felt like, <laughs> um, and that that was that was frustrating. But it was like I I got I was getting myself amped. I picked it up. I had it too high in the diaphragm and just kind of um, you know spun the room. And then there's not when you can't really see <laughs> or or walk in a straight line or how much you can do. Yeah, you'll see. Up until that point, you was in quite a good position to potentially be in with a chance of qualifying for the final as well. You were pretty much in that second and third round, uh, second and third place competi- uh, conversation, potentially going to a stone off. Uh, obviously, we're in, in the same group as Alexi, Luke Stoltman, Gab Bilton, uh, and then the other two guys was Haroldson and Fadiel Masri, I believe. Yep, yep that is correct. Perfect. See, told you, done my research. <laughs> it's off the top of my head. Uh, but uh, being in a group with those guys, and I know I'm co- talking about competition, obviously a lot of those guys are extremely talented. How did you feel sort of being quite close and maybe a, I'm sure a little bit of disappointment coming off the back of that group position, uh, group finish because you probably maybe could have been in line with uh, for more. Yeah, I think um, I, I was happy with my performance. I think 
So going into like I've I've done a better kettlebell throw slash sandbag series than what I performed, but I at the position I was in, I was in third, I believe, barely ahead of Gavin. And I think if I beat him by one spot, like if I took first, he took second, he would have beat me in a tiebreaker. So I knew that I had to beat Gavin by two spots, and Gavin's really freaking good at throws. So I took an aggressive strategy. And it didn't pay off, but I think it was better than taking a, a slow and steady approach. Just make sure you get the kettlebells over because given these circumstances, I had to be, I had to be Gavin by two spots and I, I didn't. So I don't have any reservations there. Um, and, you know, it was, it was I, I felt, I felt really good that like the log went so well, because that's always been one of my favorite events. Especially anything overhead for speed um, versus even reps, but you know it was kind of all right. I think I did well enough to be invited back, but we'll see. And then I guess I turned out I was right. So yeah, you did. You you said it there. You've obviously nailed your invite already for uh, the twenty twenty four World Strongest Man back at Myrtle Beach. You've you've done enough to earn it. Both you and Kane Francis, who was obviously the two reserves of twenty twenty three, have got invites for. 2024 which is great to see um but it shows that your your performances over the past sort of 12 months has done enough to get a an official invite this year and you're not sort of sat there hoping for somebody to drop out being able to achieve that and say that that you're going to back-to-back world strongest mans and you, you've earned that spot how, how do you feel I, feel I feel like we're we're pushing towards the next goal we're we've kind of uh I look at it, and this may not be a good way to look at it, but I got three chances this year at this moment to prove that I should be invited again next year. Um, and there's a, there's some young guys coming up that are trying to do the same thing I did. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be that there's more spots opened up. It's just kind of when somebody comes, somebody can get pushed out. Um, but that being said, there's more shows too. So hopefully more opportunities coming, but it's – you know, still a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I really want to start pushing podiums here soon, pushing the final and putting in myself in the best chances to get that done and not have to put myself into a, all right, we got to go full send on the kettlebell toss. Like it's the methodical doing what I can do at each event and not having any slip-ups that kind of, especially in worlds um, and really Shaw Classic for that matter because there's eight events. Um, making sure you're being smart with not making any critical errors with in each event. Um, and just hope we keep getting the invites, I guess. Oh, it definitely. It's uh, always a good thing to keep getting invited to these big shows and put yourself out in front of in front of people and show exactly what you can do. Um, I'm guessing the goal maybe for this year's Worlds, are you looking to get into that top 10 and make the final? Yeah, that's it. Yep. I want to be in the final. Um, nice. well, but as we know, it'll it'll depend on groups and it'll depend on events. And um I feel that a at least getting through the stone off will put myself in a really good position. I can live with that. And then I gotta look at it. Well, if I end up in a stone off against Tom Stoltman, well, 
<laughs> then what are you gonna do? But you're gonna freaking send it and see what happens, right? Yeah. Um, oh, you can do. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a reasonable goal for me this year. Um, I'll come in a better shape. Like, like I said, last year I didn't really I prepared right away, just like we were doing for Worlds, or just like just like I was competing. Um, so we'll have to kind of see once the events come out, see how it lines up. Yeah, um, you mentioned uh, a couple of questions ago about the young guys, the up and coming talent. I feel like the scene in sort of North America, obviously Canada and USA, there's some a, a real mix of guys that can really, depending on the events, who's at the competition, can really dictate who's going to win the competition. There's so much talent in that sort of region. How, how great is it to see? Oh, it's it's insane because I think of like um, uh, Lucas Hatton completely yeah. dominated America's Strongest Man this year, um, and then Crowder turns around and dominates OSG. OSG. Yeah. It's it's like it's totally. And then I I've competed against Wes and Joey from Canada for numerous times and. Um, I actually first met those guys at the Shaw Open, mm. and it's it's all it's and I'm, there are more that I am blanking on at the moment. But there's well, Tyler Cotton being another one of them. Like last time I went against Crowder and Tyler Cotton, they both kicked my ass in Amer- Americans America's Strongest in 21. Um, and I haven't competed against those guys since. And I know like mm. Crowder's going to do the. Uh, the Las Vegas show, right? The yeah. the deadlift championships. So that's that's gonna be great for him. Yeah. Um is if Haddon ever gets a chance to do a Max Circus dumbbell, like he'll be he'll be flirting with that world record here soon. Oh. Same thing with Axel probably. That that man is deadly with the overhead athletic events. Um as you know in I'm not to disrespect anybody or any any different events, but the, those were just the events that came to my mind. Yeah. Uh, for these guys um and they're creeping and crawling and you know like i said it's just kind of how the events play out and you know who's going to be the next one to squeak through yeah you mentioned what three or four names there and there's probably about five or six more that as we, if we started chatting about and we could easily come up with and these guys are just getting more and more talented and really pushing the envelope of what the guys can can do and lift oh. and it, it's great. Austin Austin's another one. Oh, yeah, Austin, Andrade. Austin. He, yeah. He just he did he just pull a thousand in training or was it something very close? Something, I, I can't remember. I can't, I'm not hundred percent sure. It may have been it may, it may have been a thousand. But he's incredibly um, strong. I, I saw him at the um he got invited obviously to the Cardiff show in at the Giants Live Cardiff show after his um Shaw Open win. Um and he he was incredible there. It's 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 great to see how these yeah, he guys did incredible are too on did. not a lot of notice, right? Because yeah. those events were within a month of each other. Yeah, I think he only had um, maybe so, maybe two weeks. Yeah, so and like there there are people we are forgetting to mention that are right in that bubble as well. It's it is stacked here. That's why you know, I think the the more shows where we can have more of a North American presence would be great. Yeah, what what do you think about the uh, uh, Giants Live coming over to Las Vegas and holding the deadlift championships over here, over, over in the USA? 
I think it's fantastic. I think, um, you know, like Myrtle Beach last year was insane with the fans. I think is if they keep staying in NASCAR territory, they're going to find a lot of good strongman fans. That's how I think they got to go about it. Yeah, I don't know how much you guys know about NASCAR, but it's the same same kind of population for fans. Um, so the yeah, I think um, I I'd love personally to see more Americans get invited to or and Canadians really North Americans get invited to the. The U.S. Championships, because that, that name was kind of confusing to me. Um, so, obviously, as an American, I'm going to hope for more Americans to be invited. I think, um, you know, maybe if this show goes really well, maybe we can have a couple Giants lives in U.S., or maybe Shaw turns into a couple shows instead of just one. You know, who knows? Yeah, I think... I think the one show we've not really covered over that that you've done over the past couple of years is the Shaw is the Shaw Classic. Obviously now the strongest man on earth title. That show seems to be growing year on year, and Brian really seems to be putting a lot of time, a lot of effort in, and I'm sure he's putting even more time and effort into it now that he's uh, stepped away from competing. How have you found that over the last couple of years? Obviously, 2022 being in the Open, and then the Pro Show in in 23. Well, that show was amazing to be a part of. And so I, I guess I won the first open. And so I was the first open competitor to get to compete um, in the pro show. And that one, that one was special for me because, you know, when I was getting into strongman, Brian's the person I looked up to. Um, you know, that was, he was, granted, I was a little bit later than others in terms of, not say I always kind of knew what the sport was, but in terms of like I'm like I'm gonna do this, you know. It was, it was watching Brian. How does he? How does he train? What is he? What can I pick up off of his YouTube channel? What can, all right? What more is he doing that I'm not seeing on YouTube that I can kind of like, you know, like the sleep and the hydration and the fueling, and that's why I'm super excited now. I'm actually working with him uh, with Undefined Nutrition. Oh, nice. Um, so super excited to be part of his team with that. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully get to go back to the show again this year. And I, I also love that part of the country out of Colorado. The fan setup is fantastic. I think, um, you know, even when from when they went to the Open or the 2022 was the first year they had it in the arena. Yeah. And then the following year they did it in the same arena, but they – Increase the seating both years, so I imagine it's also going to increase again. Yeah, um, makes the warm up very smaller, but we'll, we'll see how they manage that. It was, I mean, it, it is a loud crowd, both that and the Arnold. I mean, it's like you're on the forefront, and the like all that crowd noise is kind of being directed into that yeah. middle location, so it, it's really cool, really special to be a part of. Yeah, it's nice to see. I've heard quite a few Americans and, and Canadians talk about the need for these arena shows, more arena shows within the US. They, Especially the guys and girls that have come over to do the World Strongest Nation show, um, they've sort of had a little bit more experience of how a arena show looks in the UK and the fandom and the, the atmosphere that, that Giants Live are able to create. And I feel like obviously them coming over now doing their Las Vegas show is probably a part of their plans in the future to do more outside of the UK, whether that's in mainland Europe or over over in the States. Um, yep. 
but I'm excited to see how it goes. I, I don't know if I've, I'll be heading out there. Um, but if I can, I will be because I just I just want to experience it and see what it, what it's like and see how receptive the American fans are for it, which yep. is what I'm excited for. Well, I think Worlds last year really helped with that, with the incredible fan exposure there. Hopefully Las Vegas will be the same thing, and then it just kind of keeps building and more opportunities for some more guys would be fantastic. Yeah, fingers crossed. More opportunities is great. More, more shows. I always, I, I'm always clamoring for more, more strongman shows, especially if they're live streamed and I can watch it because I, I, I enjoy watching strongman. It's just amazing. But I think we've been going around about fifty minutes now. It's, it's, it's it does, it does definitely doesn't feel like that long. It's been great chatting to you, Tom. Ha- I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you again for coming coming on and, and speaking to me and taking a little bit of time out of your day. Well, absolutely. I appreciate you having me. And like I said, I've I guess I was one of the first we were talking earlier, one of the first Americans to kind of start interacting with your page, yeah. all things strongman. But I you know, to me that 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 is the ESPN of strongman right now. Oh, thank um, you. That's too kind. Yeah. Uh, all the all the information's there. You haven't missed a be with it yet. And um Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's helped me uh, keep in touch with uh, some of my competitors while um, I'm not able to watch them specifically because I'm working, but I'm, I can just pop on your page, see what's going on, and it's uh, it's been fantastic. So I really commend you for that and really honored to be a part of the show today. No, thank you. Thank you. Way too kind. Um, obviously, I, I just try and help out where I can and bring, um, try and bring world of, the wacky world of strongman a little bit together in, in one place for people to digest so thank you it's so kind that you've, you've said that and yeah you were one of the first americans to really jump on interact speak to me through messages and it's it's been great to see your, kind of your career develop over the past 12 months and 12 18 months it's it's been amazing and uh but yeah thank you so much for jumping on uh, i hope people have enjoyed listening a little bit to what you've got coming up um in the near future a little bit about your past obviously the next time Thomas Evans will be competing he's obviously at the Arnold Strongman Classic which you'll be able to watch I'm sure on the Rogue uh, YouTube channel it'll be on uh, March 1st and 2nd I believe um, over in Columbus Ohio if you can get there go along and watch but if you've not definitely watch it on the YouTube because it's you've got obviously the Arnold Strongman Classic but also the Strong Woman Classic as well which was a massive hit last year and an incredible competition to watch. So we definitely don't want to miss it. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Thomas, for coming on. Any final words from yourself? Uh, just thanks again. And uh, I encourage those of you that aren't, please follow me on Instagram at Tom Evans Strongman. Um, you know, big thank you to my supporters, uh, SPD and Undefined Nutrition. Um, really fortunate to be a part of their teams and just kind of keep this thing going, see where we end up next. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you on the next one. Awesome. Thanks, everybody.